Hello and welcome to Wonderful Wonderful. My name's Heather. And my name's Pat. And we are Wonderful Wonderful. Heather, what are you going to be talking about? Well, I'm going to be talking all about sustainability in Denmark and Copenhagen. What are you going to be talking about, Pat? I'm going to be concentrating on health and being healthy. Uh, before we get to the serious stuff, do you mind if I just put a record on? Oh, please do. Friend, and we're friends as well. Yes. <laughs> so join us, follow us, and um, enjoy because that's what we intend to do. Yes, more fun we have, the better. Hello there, Heather here, bringing you this edition of the Wonderful Wonderful podcast. Uh, this month we'll be listening to a very nice interview which Pat made with Karen Slot. Uh, they'll be visiting a real-life Danish meadery quite close to Roskiller. So we're really heading back into Viking origins in Denmark there. Another big topic this month is how we'll be looking again at, towards sustainability and making the world better by tidying up. Um, Pat and myself will be paddling a green kayak across Copenhagen Harbour, collecting trash. Uh, it was the first time for Pat and the third time for me, but we have a great time and I think you may well find it quite inspirational. So, um, Get a nice comfy seat, get yourself a coffee or a nice drink and enjoy, because that's what we always aim to do here. Bye for now. So Karen, you and Thomas decided to start on this meadery. He supplied the honey. Yes, that was... Uh... They suddenly had 30 kilos of honey that they, we could uh, see that we couldn't even eat us through that uh, going a whole year, mm. even how many people who came and visited us. So we had to use the, meat, uh, the honey for something else. And uh, he was going to a bee club. You know when you are beekeeper, first you go to a bee school and then to a bee club. And uh, all the other people, they were making meat. So he asked me, couldn't you try to make some meat? And of course I could try to make some meat, but I don't like very sweet things. And normally when you are offered meat, it's very sweet and it's not like a good wine. So I thought that if meat has been the most expensive uh, wine you could have in the ancient time, they couldn't have so bad a tasting. So I thought they, they might have made it in another way. So I thought, what... Uh, what kind of materials from herbs and fruit could we use that they could have been using a thousand years ago? And on what circumstances it was in cold environment and so on. So I thought, okay, if, if I will try to make meat, I'll try to make it as natural as possible and as close to the way they could have been doing it a thousand years ago. Because often we uh, think that meat is something that the Vikings were drinking. Yeah. 
So exactly, yes, that, that's what's in my head. Yes. Yeah. So that uh, was uh, my goal. And then I thought what kind of materials I'm going to use. And I have this uh, cider apple orchard. Uh, so the natural thing for me was to change the water. Uh, so instead of using uh, water for meat with the honey, I was using the uh, organic apple juice. And then I thought there should be some bitterness into it. So mm. I tried to make it with two different kinds of uh, things. One was with rosehip and the other thing is with hops. Interesting. Yes, so it was the two uh, different kind of meat I was making as the first. And did you have those ingredients on the farm already? Uh, the apple juice I had. Uh, the rosehip, I picked it up uh, in the wild area close to Roskilde Fjord. And the hops I brought. Yes, so that was the, the start of it. And when I made my first uh, apple meat, uh, it takes a year to make, like a good wine. Uh, then Thomas, he decided to send it to a challenge, the only challenge in Denmark, and I won the first prize. And that started it all. What a good start. Yes, so so uh, when I have to go on uh, making it the next year, I, I cross my fingers and we're listening to what I've written down about how to do it, and hopefully, that I could uh, make it once again. <laughs> That's great. And I have a memory that you actually went to, uh, on a course in Bristol uh, in the UK. Yes. For to learn... In Ledbury, to be exact. Sorry? In Ledbury. In Ledbury. Yes. Oh, yes. nice. I know <laughs> yes. it. I know <laughs> it. Um, you, to learn how to chemically... Um, match the ingredients. Yes, but I have been making the meat for three years before I went to the course. Mm -hmm. So I didn't uh, take the starter course. I take, mm -hmm. I take level two mm -hmm. as the first thing. It was quite challenging because I'm, it's <laughs> I'm not uh, educated into biochemistry. So yes, it was a hard lesson. <laughs> Yes, yes, I can imagine. But what a great part of the UK you went to. Certainly. Because they are renowned for their cider. Yes, certainly. So I have visited uh, the area, Herefordshire, earlier because when we uh, chosen the, the trees, uh, the different kinds of uh, 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 cider apples, we went to Ledbury uh, and to the area there to uh, explore and visit different uh, cideries in, in uh, in Herefordshire. Yeah. And that kind of starts you off on a very uh, concentrated marketing effort to get your mead out there. Uh, I haven't sent my mead to, to that place. No. Oh. No. I brought only a couple of, of bottles so they could uh, try to, to drink it. So uh, so now we are only selling to, to, to UK uh, through our web shop. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. uh, and because of Brexit, it's not so easy anymore. No, it's certainly not. That's It's changed such a lot of things for us. A lot. Um, we are actually sitting while um, one of your helpers is filling up a crate with the new product, and it looks very exciting. What's new about this one? It's a vermouth, uh, and I, <laughs> I don't know the name of the English 
uh, the English name of the herbs. Uh, it's strandmalwort. Uh, I don't know what the name is in English. And then it uh, must be some kind of um, weed that grows on beaches. Yes, and it's very bitter. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it has to be as the main ingredients in the vermouth. And then as uh, and vermouth is a spiced wine. And instead of wine, I'm using manuk. And it works very fine. And then I, I'm using a lot of Nordic herbs, angelica, meadowsweet, rosehip, and, and so on. A lot of, uh, yes. That's wonderful. And these are being shipped to a very special country. Yes, then uh, what is uh, shipped now is uh, from Norway. Uh, and But it's my apple meat with rosehip. And uh, that has gone to uh, South Korea as well. Wow. Yes. You, you, you never cease to amaze me. <laughs> uh, I'd like to know, um, so this is happening right now. What are your plans for the near future? For the near future? Oh, I, I have a lot of new things I've been doing. Uh, so now we have to, to organize it. So it will be some of what we are doing as a normal uh, uh, meadery uh, or normal uh, fermentation. So I made uh, this uh, going into to the market in, in Korea, going to the market in Norway. We are in Sweden. We are in, in Germany. So we are going to work with that market and marketing in these different kind of countries. Then we made a very special meat for the Danish National Museum. We have been working with them for a couple of years. Uh, so I've recreated meat from Bronze Age. It's uh, older remains in, in Denmark. It's a time travel 3,500 years back. So they have could analyze some remains uh, in, in grave gifts in tombs and analyze what kind of honey and what kind of herbs. So I've recreated that. And, and uh, in, in that collaboration with the Danish National Museum, they came and asked me, couldn't you make a special meat for us as well? A new one, it's not uh, based on remains, but where we only are using uh, ingredients that was accessible in, in the Viking Age. And we have done that, and even with collaboration of the Danish Viking Museum, because they're making copies of the old ships and I've got oak chips from, uh, from the rebuilding, and I've heaten it so it tastes like uh, vanilla and caramel, and made a, a quite a special uh, series for, for the Danish National Museum. So that is what I'm going to work with now. So I don't think I have to reinvent uh, something now. I have to focus on making more meat of all the new different kind of meats I'm making. Uh, it, it all sounds incredibly wonderful and very exciting, and I'm so happy for you. Um, I'd love to taste something, but um, I won't today. I'm being a good girl. <laughs> you have to drive back home. I have to drive home. <laughs> Otherwise, you can walk home and have a, a nice look of all the environment and the nature and all that. Yeah, that would take me about two days. <laughs> uh, oh, only one? Only one. Okay. Only one. <laughs> oh, that's and really uh, you great. can have a sandwich on the way. <laughs> yes. So, um, 
you can read about Karen's uh, Meadery and about Snowmark in, in English, very good English, I have to um, say, on their website, which is www.snowmark.dk. Yes. Excellent. And photos on Instagram, Snowmark Meadery. Yes, excellent. So um, thank you so much, Karen. It's been wonderful. Uh, and we'll be back to a tasting. Just certainly, you're so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Hi there, Heather here. Well, I'm with Pat. We're in a green kayak. We're out in the centre of Copenhagen, quite close to Christianshavn, and we've just picked the canoe up, the kayak rather, and uh, I'm sat in the back, Pat's sat in the front. She's <laughs> a bit louder, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Say hello. Hello, everybody. This is so much fun, and it's as scary as hell at the moment, because <laughs> we're picking up loads of rubbish. But um, there are big boats out here, like tourist, touristy boats. But anyway, we're managed. Yeah. And it's only water after all. Yes, it's only water after all. And um, this is Pat's first time in a kayak. Um, it's my third time in a kayak, and I've <laughs> the two other times I've also come with green kayak. It, it's actually uh, free to come, and you can go to many locations around Denmark, also in Germany and uh, in Norway now, I believe, and then Ireland. Uh, they're expanding fast, and uh, just last week I went to meet the... Uh, the joint um, founder of the company, a guy called Olva, he met me and my daughter and I, we we took a boat, we jumped the queue a bit, we took a boat and uh, he explained a little bit about his organisation. So uh, I've, I've decided to actually focus on this for my tour of Christianshavn, my latest tour on my WW Walks app. And um, this will be one of the stops with lots of information about how to book this fabulous resource, which, as I said earlier, is completely free. But what we're doing, there goes Pat again. She just found a champagne cork, which is very apt for Pat. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so we're going to continue now. We're going we're gonna to be uh, paddling at the back of the uh, Royal Copenhagen Opera. So uh, we'll pick up the thread just a little bit later. So uh, catch you in a bit. Okay, so Pat's paddling us into the middle of the blooming Copenhagen <laughs> Harbour now. Oh, yeah. oh, she's getting skills now. She's uh, she's sticking the oar in on the left side and back paddling. Um, and we're having a really good time. We've, it's amazing what we've learnt so far as far as manoeuvring. And the amount of trash that we've picked up is moderate, let's call it. Now, uh, Pat's just found a huge piece of wood, which is going to add to the kilos in our final quantity because when we get back to land we need to um, weigh the amount of trash that we've actually found in the harbour but uh, I think Pat's taken that piece of wood home for a garden it looks absolutely ancient so that'll be a nice little memento of this fantastic day that we're having uh, the sun's shining 
uh, just opposite Malienborg Palace. We can see the spire of Christiansborg. That's where the Parliament meets. And um, it's lovely. There's tourist boats out, which were pat, pat. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> but um, we're doing well, and we're, we're, we've got another hour to go. So we're going to, yeah, we're perhaps manoeuvring us round past a building site. They're building a brand new um, uh, underground parking and a car park at the side of the impressive Copenhagen Opera. Uh, this park that they're going to plop on top, they say it's uh, a green lung for the city of Copenhagen. I think they're planting 377 uh, trees to add a lovely natural twist to the harbour front. So uh, just crashing into a wall now, but Pat's skills are astounding me. And um, we'll catch you back at the, uh, the place where we began them. Um, paddling today where we're going to get a lovely Carlsberg beer, no doubt. Well, cheers, Pat. Cheers. Mm. Oh, gosh, that was good. Oh, there's, oh. there's nothing like Danish beer. It must might be the best in the world. Probably. Probably. <laughs> so, um, how was it for you, Pat? Did you enjoy the uh, green kayak experience? I, wa I was actually apprehensive. It's the first time in my life that I'd been in a kayak. and But I found it very exciting. Um, it was just nerves about some doing something new. Uh, because I can swim, I had a life jacket on, which was very important. The water is perfectly clean. Um, we had fun, we bumped into things, we kept away from the traffic. Um, it was really interesting and I, I'm going to do it again, definitely. And added to that, we got uh, three kilos and four, sorry, sorry Pat, we got four kilos and 20 grams. Yes. Yeah, so that we've, we've oiked that out of Copenhagen yes. water. And I'm, I know we bumped into, well, literally bumped into about four other green kayaks plying the waters. Yes. So they're, they're quite thorough now at cleaning the harbour. But I think we did really well. But your big old chunk of wood helped there, yes. Pat. What, what, what are you going to do with that piece um, of wood? I'm going to let it dry out by itself and put it with all the other chunks of wood that I've picked up in my foraging for wood. Oh. <laughs> I live quite near the fjord, so lots of wood gets thrown up onto the shore after a storm or something like that, so that's what I'll be doing. So, so it's like a driftwood collection. Driftwood, that's the word for it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, well, this beer's got my name on it. Well, it says Carlsberg, actually, but... Um, Thank you, Pat, for joining me on this adventure. Oh, it's really good. And, Thanks um, for inviting me. That's yeah, great. well, uh, and... And by the way, it was free. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, cool? it's an NGO green kayak, so, they, and so they've managed to get um, sponsorship. Uh, it's Carlsberg is sponsoring them, um, bio, biotherm, 
skin products, which sounds unusual, but I uh, hope it's not greenwashing. But uh, greenwash your face anyway, can't you? But um, yeah, quite a few big companies are turning around and realising what a good good uh, thing these guys are up to. Yeah. So let's hope it spreads yeah, the fun. spirit. Yeah. Um, didn't you say something about there being a waiting list? You've got a book a couple of weeks in advance. Yeah, of Yes, absolutely. Uh, this this took me three weeks to book in advance, and this um, little place where we, well, it is the summer, um, so so everybody else wants to do it because it's free and it's doing good stuff. Especially in the light of that damning report from the UN, we're all running around now in Denmark, I think, and the rest of the world, trying to clean up and sort sort the world out for future generations, aren't we, really? There's um, climate change um, a conference in Glasgow soon. Yeah. Yeah. Is it at the end of August? No, it's uh, October, oh, it I think. Okay. She lied. It's I probably did. November. <laughs> but it's coming anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're going to finish this beer and yes. then have a good old cackle and yes. look back on what we've been up to, up to lately. So it's uh, the month of uh, August now in Denmark and the summer vacations are just about over for the Danes. It's over to the, the British, the the, uh, the French and the rest of Europe. I think we all go out in waves on vacation. I don't know about in Switzerland and France. France, France is definitely, France is definitely August. August. Paris is empty, on uh, for good for tourists, but the French just leave, they go south and uh, everybody heads to the coast. Côte d'Azur, oh my goodness, them were the days. <laughs> well, I, I, I had a funny sort of vacation. Uh, it was like a working holiday, going to study a eco-village in northern Zealand. What did you get up to, Pat? Um, I've painted my house. <laughs> I moved all the furniture and did it bit by bit. And I'm so happy. I even got some flat pack furniture and uh, I couldn't feel my hands after doing it. But I'm so happy I did it. And now on with the rest of it. It's good. And are you, you off to Wales soon, Pat? I hope with the family to go to Wales at the end of September. But there are so many um, conflicting advice about what to do and we're only going for a weekend because it's not possible to stay more. Um, but it's one of those things. We'll go over, see how it goes, um, and see how the family are. And uh, then maybe go over more frequently now, as we used to, of course. I'm also long overdue for visiting my mum and dad so back in the UK. But... Uh, I felt I really had to get away for a little bit because everybody else has been doing it and you get a little bit jealous. So I, uh, I'm i a bit of a cheapskate, so I booked a, a two nights with an Airbnb on the, uh, uh, on, the, on the east coast of Denmark. And uh, I tell you what, Pat, it was absolutely horrible. We, we arrived... 
sat in the place. It started chucking down outside, and we left within an hour. It was dirty. the 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 only nice thing we saw was a mouse. Uh, <laughs> that was outside. It didn't want to stay in the summer house. It was. It smelt of dogs. Um, it was advertised as two bedrooms, uh, but we could only find one. So we contacted the landlady and, uh, oh, she was saying, there are two, there are two. There was a little uh, hut in the garden, but it was all locked. So it wasn't so expensive. And I, I knew I'd get ratty if I stayed in a, well, it, not even the mouse was outside. It was, it was a rat hole. So um, we made a complaint to Airbnb. I just went with my eldest daughter and uh, hoped that we'd get um, uh, the money back, a refund. But uh, <laughs> as it turned out, there was another bedroom. Uh, and I only actually found out that as we were just leaving and it was this horrible little sweaty room with like a dead dog sort of furry thing on the bed. Um, so I didn't talk. I didn't tell Airbnb that I'd actually found it. We tried to claim, but we didn't get. A, well, we got the cleaning fee back. Blooming need it. So that was my vacation, and then we drove home. <laughs> that was fabulous. Nat. What about the uh, what about the um, eco village? What was that like? Yeah, we went to Halling Lilla. Uh, Eco Village, which is in the middle of um, the uh, I, the largest island in Denmark of Sealand, uh, it's 15 years old, uh, and I I wasn't that I didn't it didn't give me such a warm and fuzzy feeling as this Dusikilla Eco Village. It's uh, it's younger though. It's 15 years old, whereas Dusikilla's uh, touching 30. Uh, so all the trees were quite small, and the the houses they were uh, they were big and weird, but um, it 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 lacked that sort of uh, cranky sort of charm that Dusikilla has. But but as far as environmental stuff went, it was brilliant. Pristine lake, uh, beautiful gardens, small fruit trees, and lots of happy kids roaming around and just kind of being feral in this this place it was yeah but I, I think I'm going to study these eco villages now because I, I do think it's the way forward I mean they make no carbon footprint zero carbon f footprint there was a big mound of uh, mussel shells as we uh, were walking around the site and they use that in the foundations um, yeah, and they're houses built of hay bales. I've, I've yet to find out the technology behind that, but uh, they're all clad in uh, wood and things. Uh, don't you remember that with that guy that we met up in Dusikila? He said that there's a system where you can use hay bales, not as big as the ones you see in a field, but the same principle. Isn't there something that they can clad it? They can clad buildings, and they have used it up in Dusikila for some houses. I'm sure he said something like that. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll have to find out more. That'll be on my to-do to -do list. But there was quite a lot of uh, houses built from uh, 
pre-used uh, materials as well. There'll be like uh, old window frames from older houses, you know, so they're, they're, they're reducing the carbon footprint in, in that respect. But um, yeah, it, it, uh, I, I shouldn't really classify them in terms of how I like them as a, a, a arty person or anything. I should probably be classifying them in terms of their the energy they save mm. and their um, uh, recycled and carbon neutral aspects but I love Dusikila I think that's the trouble <laughs> I think you've fallen in love with Dusikila um, and I was telling one of our friends uh, Christine about you going there and she said oh and this is this is a person who follows her passion. She's a vet and she's now working, uh, helping homeless people with their animals, with their pets. And this is her passion. And she works like a crazy woman, um, but it, it's what she loves. Anyway, I was telling her about you and Dusakila and she said, oh, she said, that's perfect. She said, that's what I'm gonna do. So be prepared, Heather. She's going to contact you. It's good. It's very good. Well, I, I don't think I've actually chatted on the wonderful, wonderful podcast about my working vacation at Dusikila, have I? But uh, I, it was. Ju- I don't think I have. We. Um, I went with my kids, and we we rented a, such a cheap little property. It looked horrific. Horrendous, look like a big mouldy mushroom on the outside. But if you walk into it, it was a round house, and it was all uh, sort of a little bit like a, a, a tribal hut, sort of <laughs> inspired. But it was charming. It was warm. It was dry. There was something about the circular shape that it, I guess it's it's a natural shape for a human. It's womb-like. It's it's. There's no corners. It's infinite or something. We just had the most charming, charming time. Even though it was raining in the beginning, the just sat in this little house with the sound of the rain pattering down outside on the apple trees. It was. It was. Uh, that was sustainable. It was sustaining my soul. It wasn't just because it was this charming little place far far away and it was as cheap as chips you know I, I got it I asked in the shop and managed to rent this little property probably nobody else wanted it but I certainly did and um, it was it, it was just the best and I spent the rest of the vacation wandering around meeting all the lovely snuggly people that have lived there some of them since the beginning uh, including this lady Ellen that we met uh, uh, who was uh, Tai what's it called Tai Chi Tai Chi Tai Chi teacher she's been she's been there since uh, since uh, 1989 I think Dusakilla started but uh, you you came up for a a yoga day didn't you Pat yeah I I, I went there for the um, movement festival Um, there were two days and uh, I did the Tai Chi and Qigong and that was very interesting because not only were we 
um, instructed on the movements of both uh, martial arts. Uh, we were told the whys, why the warriors used to use this innate power we have to uh, defend ourselves. And it's not for aggression, it's for protection. And um, I had so much fun, communed with trees, communed with the grass, very nice. And then the following day we did sound therapy. Um, I heard myself making a noise, which could have been singing, I don't know. Uh, and a wonderful vibration, just to use the body's vibration to make yourself feel better. And then we did Hatha Yoga in the afternoon, which was very, very good. Excellent teacher. She's got a cabinet, or she's got a, a place somewhere in Copenhagen, in Valbu. Very good. I've been to quite a few sort of, uh, oh, I hope I'm not being rude now, Pat, but wacko sort of yoga things. But the, the sound one was uh, pretty much up there. Uh, I, I, I've, I've been to India to study yoga, so, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty thick-skinned <laughs> on strange things to do. But when we were outside for a while, weren't we, just walking around uh, with no shoes on and uh, dancing, feeling the vibrations of the earth and then um, dancing as we, moving as we felt. Yeah. I, I saw you, Pat. I was, I was peeping for a bit. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed it. But what didn't come through was that this lady is a trained therapist in mindfulness-based therapy. And um, I've learnt a little bit about it when I was living in another country. And she didn't allow, that. she was fo so focused on the sound and getting your voice out, which is a good thing. She didn't bring in the mindfulness-based part of healing your yourself. I know it's all connected. I would have liked some more. Yeah. I would have liked more of that yeah. um, because it's all good for you. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing bad for you. Yeah. Well, I, I think that goes back to the art and the the talent of the the uh, being a teacher. It's it's a uh, it's, it's a tough call. I full oh, yes. I was a teacher for a while. I have full respects for my fellow teachers that I work with in an international school they the the amount of skills that you need in order to accurately convey all your knowledge are phenomenal and I I, I yeah she was she was a little abrupt and she didn't quite flow with her with her ideas and it wasn't until after the whole session then we realized what an actually a nice person she was I, I think it, it was a, a shyness thing or an exposure thing it, it, it's 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 such a, an important job teaching I think it's it's very underrated really I, I'd certainly like to explore a little bit more of what she does um, come the autumn I'll be looking her up and seeing where she's based uh, but for that short taster 
of what she does. Uh, I want I want more. Um, and she, and she was very professional. No doubt about it. Uh, the other people teaching us were just adorable. You just want to take them home and have them in the cupboard when you need them. <laughs> They're just so lovely. And your little Ellen, oh, she's so passionate. Oh, big Ellen. She's well, she's yes. such a, she's such an important tiny spiritual lady. This this if you if you if you listen to our first broadcast, we were talking about how we went actually inside her uh, in her house. We call it a hobbit hole. All Pat's getting another beer now. Trying. Um, we went into her house and it's actually nestled under a, a like an artificial hill uh, and the windows they're aligned with the uh, north north star Pat's trying very sh don't swear they didn't swear then. <laughs> not very service-minded in Denmark it's because they don't get uh, paid very well and they don't do the tipping thing Where was I? North Star. But uh, yeah, this Hobbit house, we call it. But it was actually, it took our breath away, this place where this lady lived. We both independently went into this this room, which was like she a temple. Us. Yeah, she was so kind. Very, And that's not normal because um, tourists just wander into her garden and that's not allowed. But because it was pouring down with rain and we were just two or three on the course, on the talk, She actually invited us in, which surprised our host. And she was d absolutely gorgeous, yeah, really yeah, yeah. warm and yeah. welcoming. Yeah. And both Pat and I, we we walked into the room and it, it made Ooh. us want to, it felt so emotional. It was something about the solar plexus or something. I, I just yeah. wanted to burst into tears or something. Mm. There, there was such a, a, a fantastic atmosphere coming home. Uh, this lady Ellen, she turned out to be my um, neighbour when I stayed for my working vacation. So I used to, there was a lot of cherries uh, ripe in all the orchards because a lot of the residents of Dusakilla had been gone on vacation. So I was cherry picking and I, I was making muffins for all the the neighbours. Yeah. But uh, that that went down well, I think. Hi, can we for two uh, pills? Yeah, that was us. That was me and a bit of chronic Danish, just ordering a beer. But uh, yeah, charming, charming neighbour, and um, she's she's helped open the door up for me in Dusakilla to meet a lot of other people, and also really get to grips with studying all the various housing styles and to make. Killer, the next tour on my WW Walks app of uh, visiting Denmark sustainably.